and welcome to episode 32 of Booze and Phasers. I'm Audrey Kearns, your host. And I'm Claudia Dolph. I'm also your host. Before we get started, I'm going to say two things, Claudia, okay. which I didn't tell you I was going to say, okay. but I'm going to say I'm, yeah. I'm in the middle of an asthma event. I could tell. Okay. So <laughs> we were just talking about <laughs> albuterol making me speedy, so there's that. No, okay. so at <laughs> any point, I may start, start dying and coughing and need my inhaler. I don't want to scare any of you guys in the room. But that may happen. I think a lot of our uh, audience can relate. Yes, yes. It's, it's, I think they'll, they'll, they'll understand. As uh, Joseph Scrimshaw, who is here today, likes to say, it's my geek cred. <laughs> um, and the second thing is, uh, we'll get to our guests in a moment, even though I'm talking straight to them right now, John and Joseph. <laughs> uh, Joss Whedon talked to us on Twitter today. Talked to Geek Girl Authority on Twitter yes. today. Uh, one of so our contributors, cool. Kimberly Pierce, did something called a new series called The Recasting Couch. And it was great. And it was fantastic, it was really where she's going to start casting movies with golden age actors and actresses. Yeah. So, so she recast The Avengers. Yeah, and I like that he liked Loki. Yeah, he said, he said, you nailed it with Loki. So he yeah. read it. He read yeah. something on Geek Girl. Which 40. is Claude Rains. Yeah, yeah. Nice. I was about to say Claudia Rains. Claudia Rains. <laughs> Claudia Rains. Nice. <laughs> I yeah. did a sketch of it. Yeah. Uh, well, you have to read and it, Joss John. Whedon loved it. He, he loved he it. Liked, but read it and read um, the reasons why she chose every yeah. person. Like, I yeah. really liked her picking John Wayne for Nick Fury. I thought that was pretty that smart. Was that yeah. makes yeah. sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, so uh, for this episode, episode 32. <laughs> Roka's blown away. He, he's thinking. <laughs> I'm just he, trying to hear Loki's lines through Claude Rains's voice. It'd be um, interesting. Oh, interesting. But she did mm-hmm. have, she had some good points. You should read it because she did have a couple yeah, of points. And I was yeah. like, yeah, absolutely. Was Orson Welles the Hulk? Yes. What? Did, really? For serious. Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yes. Yeah. Because yeah. he was always kind of bearing some rage. In exactly. It's my secret. I'm always angry. Yes. So you guys go. brings out the rage. <laughs> go to geekgirlauthority.com and put this <laughs> But in the search bar, recasting it's couch. A, it was, it, that was a fun article. And this piece will come up. Oh. Um, so for episode 32, we're going to be talking about Star, T- Star Trek Discovery. Trek. The trailer was just released yesterday, and we are a buzz about it. Um, we're going to have our first reaction and buzzed about it. <laughs> we're going to talk first reactions and break it down a bit. But for now, our guest, Claudia, who is in this room? Well, uh, I want to first introduce John Roca. Hello. Thanks for coming back. This is the second time. Yes, thank you for having me. It's a repeat customer. <laughs> I love the store. It's a great store. <laughs> uh, you would know John from Collider Video, from the Cinephiles, from uh, is it your new podcast, right? You just launched Outlaw yeah, Nation. Outlaw Nation, yeah, yeah. on on the uh, Schmozno Plus channel. I've been promoting it incorrectly, so I got schooled the other night. Schmozno Plus podcast channel instead of the Schmozno podcast like channel. FXX. FX. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Basically, they, I got my hand slapped on that one. So uh, yeah, oh. Schmozno Plus channel. We just, I just, it's it's an hour and a half podcast. Or a little bit over where we just talk about uh, anything that uh, that is angering me, uh, making me angry that week, or making me excited that week, and then we'll bring in <laughs> special guests. Like we talked uh, Wonder Woman marketing with Emma Fife a couple of weeks oh, ago. Emma yeah. Fife is the best. Yeah, she's yeah. fantastic. And yes. then uh, um, she's always on ephedrine, by the way. And then uh, <laughs> I and then we and then I talked last week with a. Uh, We've had late night a, tweets about asthma, like I've, like yeah, where we've obviously been drinking. <laughs> she's never that. brought her asthma inhaler to my podcast. I'm talking to Emma about that. <laughs> Talk to Emma about that. And that voice you hear right now is Mr. Joseph Scrimshaw. Also, another thank you. And I didn't call out that it was. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
What I wanted to have, uh, for the exact reason I'm doing this right now, is when John was on the show before, I kept going off on these tangents. So he made up a tangent bell. And I oh, keep, that's right. And I keep meaning to get a bell to put in the middle mm-hmm. for whenever we go off on tangents. But anyway, done with that tangent. Back to Joseph Scrimshaw. Welcome. You are also a repeat offender. I'm so um, repetitive. Yeah. That's, not, uh, that's not what I meant to say. The Joseph, whiskey's already uh, going to my head. Uh, you are the host, producer, creator of the Obsessed podcast. Yeah. You um, force... Center and Databank Brawl. Do you want to tell us a little bit about those? Yeah, so Obsessed is my podcast where I talk to people about things that they like a lot. All of the people in this room have been on the podcast and will be on it again, damn it. <laughs> uh, and then the Force Center podcast feed is all about Star Wars. We have a bunch of different Star Wars shows. We have Databank Brawl where a couple of Star Wars characters, usually sad ones like Lobot and Dengar, fight. Oh. And then they get some glory back through fighting. Uh, and then we also do Star Wars counseling, where I try to make people feel better about things they don't like in Star Wars. I love Star Wars counseling. Yeah, I did I one of those too. live with Joseph at Dragon Con. Yeah, the first one. And that was amazing because it started out as really, you know, it was kind of funny. You know, there was a bunch of comedians on stage and we were talking, but um, the and the, we look up and the line is like 30 people deep of people yeah. that need help with Star Wars. And some of the questions got real serious. You did a version of that at WonderCon too, right? Or, uh, or Kamikaze, like a couple, a couple years ago, right? I did a like a, 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 like a pop culture a game show, the, like quiz show thing. Yeah. yeah, it probably. I think I just started doing it because I do it anyway. Yeah, that's. I mean, yeah, that's why yeah. I proposed well, it at really, DragonCon because yeah, everybody's that's always. Fun, that's fun. Really I don't like it. this about Star Wars. Like, come on, relax. John, um, <laughs> yeah. you were talking about your your new show. Do you have any other shows going on right now? Or uh, well, uh, like we said, the Cinephiles. Uh, I, I do that every Friday. My uh, film professor friend Steve Morris and I we break down a film that's come out uh, any time before the last ten years. Uh, and just mm. talk about it and break it down. The episodes have gotten longer and longer. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really intense. We had <laughs> like a long episode. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was surprised. We were like trying to keep it to an hour. Oh, you making it? A- no, oh, no, okay. I do. I mean, <laughs> we, have, I we have a constant where she, I'm yeah. trying to do an she hour. Wants she wants an hour and a right. half. Well, it I, sounded I, really sexy when you said that. It did. I like it did. longer. <laughs> so I want to hear about film theory about for it. three, four hours at a time. <laughs> Only the men in the room thought of it that way. I was thinking, I'm so in traffic such a long time that I enjoy a long time. Talk about show. Oh, my. <laughs> I said Hulk smash. I know, uh, <laughs> no, it, just, it, was, it was that kind of thing where it just we just break it down and uh, we just dropped Black Stallion this morning. I don't know when this episode's coming out, but we just did Black Stallion and we've got Blade Runner coming out with Scott Mance. Oh, I'm definitely going to listen to that one. That's yeah. our 50th yeah. anniversary one and nice. uh, we, we we had these amazing Milena Cornu, who's a Broadway actress and her husband, David, who's a composer, film composer, they came on and we talked West Side Story for like two and a half hours. Oh, oh, yeah. It was madness. Awesome. John, our last our last Not episode, there. which yeah. did really well, was movie musicals. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. I have blood coming. <laughs> yeah, I love West Side Story. And they oh, just showed it at Lumley yeah. a couple of weeks ago, and I missed it. Yeah. Aww. You did movie musicals on this? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, we've been okay. um, doing I mean, yeah, uh, some some more pop culture Yeah. Oh, that's things. great. And we usually always uh, keep it with genre, but we have a really good friend named Mike Rock, and we've been wanting him to get on mm-hmm. the show, but gosh darn it. Why did I say gosh darn it? I don't know. Um, gosh darn it. He's you're just, a nice, you're a nice I'm a nice gal. lady. Um, he's just not into science fiction or fantasy. And, and he let us know, look, guys, I don't want to be a faker mm-hmm. and everything. And Claudia I'm said, what do, what do you like? Yeah. Right. And he said, I like musicals. And she's like, I don't. I don't know much. Oh. I, I love them, but I don't know about right, them. Right, right. So it was really an episode of Claudia and Mike and then me saying, I like Grease too. And then we were like, <laughs> crickets. 
There is such an under. There is a movement for no, greasy. I no, think, yeah. I there think, and really I, is. And I brought that up. Yeah, yeah. there is. Look, yeah. So I got a lot of Twitter love because of the <laughs> grease too thing because they were making fun of me. So I said something to Claudia on Twitter about it. I had a couple like um, I won't say their names. Well-known actors. I don't know why they just didn't tweet it. DM yeah. me saying. Grease two should get all the love. <laughs> and I'm just there like, go. I told you. I know it's a terrible, but yeah, but <laughs> I, but I know, but I respect. I respect. I, if I if I ever go on again with Joseph, it'll be about Gene Kelly because that's oh, my, I would love my that. other obsession is Gene Kelly. Oh really? Did you get to see that. American in Paris? Yes. While I was here. Yes. I and I'm friends with his wife Patricia <clears throat> Ward Kelly on Facebook. We talk every once in a while, really? and uh, we have conversations about his stuff and when he's always coming out. Uh, when the stuff with Debbie Reynolds happened about singing yeah. in the rain, she corrected the LA Times, and we talked about oh, wow. that. So, awesome. and I have in my um, bathroom a a universal uh, framed picture that I found at one of these thrift shops that is an actual cell or or film frame from uh, uh, oh, uh oh the the the, the uh, it's always fair weather, yeah. which is one of his like lesser known yeah, musicals. Yeah. It's a dark musical, it is, but yeah. I have it with Sid Charisse uh, yeah. singing "Baby You oh, Knock Me super Out." Cool. So yeah, yeah, so it's a uh, he's the thing. Nice. So, uh, a lot of people like yeah. movie musicals. This is going to be yeah. about movie musicals again. Um, <laughs> well, my my only contributions were Mary Poppins, Grease Two, and Mamma Mia. And Mama so Mia. I, I nice. didn't do too well. Mike came in with like a graph. <laughs> okay. Like basically, full, yeah. yeah. But anyway, I'm just going to say Gene Kelly should be Ant Man. Oh, that'd be. I'll great. tell Kimberly. Yeah. That's a oh, great choice. Great. I'll tell Kimberly. Okay, so sponsors, Claudia. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Devotion Vodka. Thank you so much. I am drinking you today. I always drink you. Yes. But she's had an extra amount today. Uh, 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 Sometimes I don't. Sometimes I have some wine instead. Let me drink you a long time. But today was especially hot, and so I made a uh, a special uh, uh, vodka tonic with just regular Devotion Vodka that's sugar-free and gluten-free. Um, but put a little mint in there and a little um, orange. And I'm calling it the Discovery because it's a like new that. take on an old classic car. Mm. Very well said. Yeah. And we'd also like to thank uh, Giant Size Team Up. The podcast, Team Up. The podcast network that has us as part of their family. They've got a lot of great podcasts and they are growing and growing and growing. Mm. We are still their female representation <laughs> <laughs> on, on yep. the network, which we love because we kick ass yeah. every day. So that being said, I think it's time for Shatner tweets. Shatner, Shatner. Were there any good Shatner tweets? Um, there were some silly ones, so let me just pull them up really quickly. Oh, Tolina said something. Uh, Mr. Shatner pretty much only replies at this point, right, to uh, conversations well, yeah, he's already stirred much. up. There, you, it's rare to just see William Shatner makes a statement today. Yes. Sometimes I could just see him in bed with his laptop or iPad yeah. with a brandy. Just have you have insulting you, people? <laughs> well, okay, here's one. Uh, and these are just random, like mm. silly, whatever. They don't mean anything. Jose Canseco uh, tweeted at him at William Shatner, okay. I'm your biggest fan. And he said, I think you'll need to discuss how to settle this with John Cusack to determine who really is. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, ghost face and then winky emoji <laughs> ghost face I oh, ghost face he made an announcement this was not an answer he made an announcement which i love this so much yes you heard correctly tj hooker is coming out on dvd pre-order today is it dvd or is it blu-ray dvd That's yeah close. step at a time the complete series <laughs> closer 
We're closer. I really hope it's like a very old school uh, DVD with like a very repetitive menu. He's sliding yes. across the hood again and again. I, oh, God. But you love Adrian Zamed. <laughs> I do because he Greece was in Grease 2. Yeah. <laughs> oh, um, God, TJ Hook. And Heather Locklear. Was she in that one? She was in TJ Hook. TJ yeah. Hook, yeah. 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 Um, uh, at uh, Sherry Ellum, at William Shatner, heard you on NDT podcast. Do you speak fluid French? <laughs> fluid? <laughs> fluid. French. And William Shatner goes, yes, fluid. Call it drippy French. Oh. oh. Winky emoji. Oh, boy. Well, at least it wasn't the cucumber and the little squirt. <laughs> yes. No. Don't, if he knew. If he knew. Okay. And then this one, long duck dong. Oh. Okay. He goes, Bill, I appreciate you. And William Shatner goes, I appreciate me too. Mm. And I think that sums it up for yeah. Mr. Shatner. That sounds about right. All right, that mm. wasn't too controversial this week no. with with Mr. Shatner. No, no, he's he's pretty. He seemed to be pretty happy this <laughs> week. Well, listen, guys. <laughs> next week on May twenty fifth is the fortieth anniversary of Star Wars: A New Hope coming out in the theaters. Wow! Wow! Forty years, and I'm saying that so we can all feel our age. <laughs> um. So, I want to ask, and I'm sure, you know, you guys are all, all three of you are such big Star Wars experts. You've done podcasts on it and stuff like that. So, I know you've told the story before, but I want to hear it for Booz and Phasers. Where were, were you when you first saw A New Hope, John? Uh, I was in my living room in my home in Virginia, in my parents' home in Virginia. I did not see it when it first came out in the theaters. Uh-huh. My parents were not into taking me to those kinds of movies right. they, at the time. And uh, so I saw it as a CBS movie of the week or ABC movie of the week. Wow. Yeah. And I remember wow. it was an event thing, yeah, you know, yeah. and so uh, I purposely like, you know, because the kids in school had been talking about yeah. it. So I was like, okay, I want to sit here. And I'm just going to sit here and I'm going to watch. And I like tore through dinner, did all my homework, did all my chores. So I could run downstairs and be able to, and I got to stay up and watch the movie. And so that's how I remember. And I remember when Vader kills Ben, I remember that I was jumping on the couch, crying and screaming in my brown robe, <laughs> yeah. in my little Jedi robe. Uh, so you were already prepared because you knew you already had the Jedi robe. Yes. I, so I love it. Like, like my nephew now he knows about Star Wars, but he has not seen any of the films yet, and he's five yeah. years old. Well, so I brought my godson kind of a sticker book, much like what oh, you're yeah, saying. Yeah. So before he ever saw any of the movies, he knew all the characters from right. the sticker book. Right. Yeah. So I'd, I'd known, and I'd seen the trailer, obviously, on TV right. and stuff. So I, I was, like, excited. So to me, I remember that being one of the most harrowing experiences because Ben died, and I screamed at the film. Oh, you my know, goodness. That. So that's the first time I saw it. Wow. First time I saw it, um, I was actually um, in Hong Kong, um, I've come from a military family, and so it wasn't until a year after it came out, and it was my first, like, big theater movie experience. We just, you know, being a military brat and traveling to different countries, we just never did that. And um, I, I, you know, like most people, I was um, I was blown away, especially as a child, that there—because we had such a rich fantasy life from having no TV and stuff like that. But this, like, kind of upped me in my sister's fantasy game. Oh, now we're going to space. <laughs> <laughs> kind, of, kind of thing. Claudia. Um, I, it was with my, um, uncle. So my family, we, we've always, my mother sort of always taken care of my grandmother and my uncle. Like they've always lived with us. And my uncle was always like the star Wars guy. And, uh, the first time I saw it was with him because he was always like either return of the Jedi was always on or a new hope or something. Hmm. And, uh, uh, so a new hope was with him. And, uh, 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 I, I just remember thinking, uh, once they get into, and it's, 
escapes me. The uh, trash compactor. Yeah. That yeah. was a thing that yeah. was like, that just, it, it, it stands out. I in was my horrified brain. during that part. It, I was yeah. so scared. Yeah. I still feel like yeah. the feeling of like, oh my God, they're never going to get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> the walls are coming yeah. in and like, there's a monster. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, it is it's so like gross. my life already. Yeah. <laughs> the walls are closing in. There's a monster <laughs> under me. It tr- totally is. Yeah. Um, Joseph. Uh, yeah, so I saw it in the theater, which is uh, a little horrifying to admit out loud yeah. because of the whole age thing. Yeah. But uh, I was living in Brainerd, Minnesota, which is a small town in northern Minnesota where I'm from. And it was uh, 78, so it was the re-release the year after, which I didn't realize for a long time until I was like, oh, hey, wait, this is yeah. how <laughs> math and reality works. That was 78. And I remember distinctly that I already knew about it. I was already excited about it. Because uh, I like Star Trek. I like the yeah. old Batman yeah. television series that was in rerun. So, like, this was mm. going to be the new big yeah. thing. And then uh, R2-D2 was there. And I was afraid by proxy that Vader would be there. So I was a little afraid of that. <laughs> my parents talked me through it. Um, and then, parents. like Good the parents. So then most of my memories starting then are all Star Wars. But the big one that um, sticks with me a lot is that my uh, grandfather died right around the same time. So I asked my mom, where is heaven? And she says, well, it's up. And then I was like you, John, I was yeah. bummed that Obi-Wan Kenobi died. So I thought, I can solve this. If heaven is just above us, I'll put uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi, my action figure, on the top bunk of my bunk beds. Oh, 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 Luke's got a grappling hook. And then I had Luke throw his grappling hook up to Ben. He's like, you don't have to be dead. Climb down. Joseph, oh, my God. I can't believe you. Yeah. I've, I've known you this long, and I haven't heard that story. I love yeah. it. That's yeah, so I mean, that's, I, I think I've been thinking about that more when I think about, you know, we get all busy talking about the news and breaking down this shot of the trailer, yeah. but kind of going back to those core, like, it's walked yeah. through my whole life, and I have learned right. the basics of life through this thing. And, you know, what well, does that mean? On yeah. that on that notion, um, uh, John, how did uh, a new hope affect the rest of your life? Well, I think oh, this uh, concept of good versus evil, I think it was always something of like, what's the right thing to do? Mm-hmm. And that changes as you get older because yeah. the yeah. thing that I've embraced about, this, about the, the original trilogy now is that ben, the thing that I never noticed is the ben, Ben's pause and the willingness to die. Like that, yeah. he surrenders yeah. himself to that. He could have fought Vader to a standstill, mm-hmm. maybe even beat him. Long, he yeah. sacrificed but he himself. sacrificed himself yeah. not because... He was going to lose and not because to give them extra time to leave. He sacrificed himself to motivate Luke to step up to the plate and do what he needed to do. And Luke, Luke turns that around in Jedi when he forces Vader to save him. That's my theory. It's my belief that the reason Luke doesn't fight against the Emperor is because he believes his father is good and he will die in, in sacrifice. He will sacrifice himself in that moment in order to prove it. Right. So he, either Vader's going to pick up the Emperor, throw him down the chute, or right. he's going to die. Right. Yeah. And okay. so it's like, it's what Kenobi taught him. So for me, there's always been a nobility in that. that right. I'm willing to sacrifice for your beliefs, whatever the price is, so that you can further the betterment of someone you love or the, the cause itself. So that's always been something. And it probably motivated me to, me to get in the military as well. I served right. for eight years. Right. So there's all this idea of, I always felt the nobility of dying for a cause. Well, it's interesting you said that about the military because um, yeah. and what you said just now, um, it kind of, maybe, I, I don't know if I realize this, but it did kind of feed into, you know, I was um, raised Catholic and in the mm. military where there are those rules where there is very specific good versus evil. Yeah. And, and a new hope definitely enforces that. And to me, in a very clear cut way, you see how good the light is. You see how good the force is. Mm. And it is kind of a good moral compass to lead the rest of your life. Um, but what I was going to say, what it did for me, though, 
is um, growing up in a very linear family and also having OCD where I really do think of things in black and white, it really did help that fantasy part of my my mm. brain to think of things in space and to to have that make believe with my sister and right. open me up to really really enjoying um, science fiction and, and fantasy. Yeah, and I'll yeah. add I'll add also Leia was my first crush as a kid. Mm-hmm. So for me, I've always been like the woman who uh, it's always always been attracted to women who tell it like it is, who no <laughs> nonsense, no yeah. bull, like I just. There's something about that that always drags me in because we'll shove you in a trash can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't take any bullshit. Like she didn't take any bullshit from the beginning. I'm like, I respect yeah, that. I yeah. that to me is, signifies I'm interested. So yeah, Claudia, um, what about you? What what about a new hope led you in your life? Kept, um, kept with you. Well, I think the biggest thing for me, and you know, a lot of science fiction that I grew up with, and including Star Trek that we'll talk about in a minute, but um, it's very familiar. There's flies right. in here. You guys, it's 92 in the valley today. It's Another one of our sponsors is it's flies. Um, is is the connection to family and friends. You know, mm-hmm. there's always that level of connection. Like, I know that this is something that my sisters and brothers and I grew up with. And it's something that my my parents were fans of. My parents and I are very different people. Extremely different people when it comes to certain things. But there is this one thing that we always connect on and we can always talk about. You know, uh, my father and I had a conversation about Guardians of the Galaxy. We don't always see about eye to eye on a lot of things. But we had this really, really, really great conversation about Guardians the other day. It was just kind uh-huh. of like nice to go. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind you of know, this like, bond, wonderful bonding thing. Wonderful for- bonding thing. And then when I meet new people along the way and we have this thing that, you know, influenced us, however it was, there's mm-hmm. always this connection, which I think is really cool. And I don't think it's necessarily genre specific, especially with Star Wars. I don't think it's genre specific. I think it's maybe age specific or whatever, because I know a lot of people who aren't necessarily huge science fiction fans, but Star Wars did play a huge part right. of their life, right. you know, and they yeah. still have that with of them. Um, before we do move on to Star Trek, I, I want um, uh, Joseph to plug. He has a very special episode of Obsessed coming out May yeah. 25th, which is the anniversary if you want to plug that. Yeah, absolutely. So I wanted to do a special episode uh, about A New Hope specifically for the 40th anniversary because on the uh, Obsessed podcast, I've done a general episode about Star Wars and then I've done one about Force Awakens and Rogue One as they've come out. So I thought, mm-hmm. why not do one specifically about A New Hope? Because all of this has grown up around it. Yes. All of the storytelling, mm-hmm. all of the ideas. But that movie, if there had never been another movie, mm-hmm. we would still be talking about that movie itself is a classic. It is Game changer. self-contained. Yeah. So I did an episode uh, with myself, with Audrey, and with James Arnold Taylor, who is the voice of Obi-Wan Kenobi in the Clone Wars animated series, uh, and a big Star Wars fan, and I, it's great. It'll be- it was awesome for me, because we were sitting down, it was the first time I had met James, and, and I didn't know until like five minutes into the podcast. Oh, that he was- <laughs> And then, and then I, I started like having a meltdown, like a fangirl <laughs> meltdown, <laughs> and everything, it was awesome. Yeah. But it was really fun. Get to hear him talk- yeah, like yeah, Obi-Wan. yeah, yeah. He yeah, talks he was- like Obi Wan a lot, and you know he's got a personal connection because uh, yeah. George Lucas worked on the Clone Wars, so he's gotten direction yeah. on how to be Obi Wan from George Lucas. So he's got some great insights. So that's out May twenty fifth. Yep. All right, let's um um have our toast, and um it would be a little bit of a somber toast, but um somebody who's impacted all of our lives, an artist, uh, passed away yesterday, Mr. Chris Cornell. Yeah. Um, so let's raise a glass to him. If you folks want to say what he meant to you, please do. Um, I just thank him for making music that made me feel something. That's what I'll say. Yeah. Anybody else? 
uh, yeah, I'll thank him for making music that uh, uh, talked to me, that uh, that I really felt got me and what I was going through because I was born in the South and it's all mm. like Garth Brooks all the time when I was growing up. <laughs> and I was like, oh, but this grunge music. But I like, get this. This, feel, yeah, this feels right. So, And he had a beautiful voice in that. He did. He one Just, of the best rock voices I yeah. think of all time. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I would uh, thank him for uh, taking on new challenges because I I always enjoyed his work. I wasn't a huge Soundgarden fan, but his Casino Royale theme mm-hmm. for the James Bond movie, I yeah. think, is when I first yes. heard it, it was like, oh, is that really is he really the right guy for a James Bond movie? Wow. But not only is the song great, but I think it is the song that best introduces the themes and ideas of the movie. Yeah. So when you see the movie again a second, yeah. third, fifteenth time. It's got so much power, and not only is it his singing, but he wrote those words that cut to the core of this vulnerable, dangerous character of James Bond, and like uh, that—that by itself is amazing to me. Very nice, Joseph. John. Well, I shared what his impact was for me on Instagram and on Facebook uh, when he passed yesterday, and um, so many people reached out and spoke about how his words Mm -hmm. came at them in the darkest parts of their lives and carried them through. A lot of people are now are dealing with his loss in a very uh, painful way because they th- they used his music, they appreciated his music rather to carry them through the dark times. Now that he succumbed to the dark times, right. for them it's a reevaluation, and mm. so it's a it's a really power. That's very powerful for me. I always enjoyed Black Hole Sun. I liked because I was into the grunge stuff. Like I didn't dress like grunge, but I was into it. Oh, I did. I, yeah, well, there you go. There's 100 degrees in Texas. I still had the flannel on. I was, I was at, too proper with military stuff. I was at stuff. a Pearl Jam concert in Tampa, and it was like, you know, 100 degrees with humidity. And yeah. people were wearing plaid shirts oh, yeah. and yeah. plaid around their waist. And Eddie Vedder looked out, and he goes, you guys look like my grandmother's living room. <laughs> <laughs> he was telling us it's a bit too much. Yeah. Tampa. <laughs> right. Stop trying to pose. Yeah. Just enjoy the music. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And so, so that when, but I, I think also that what the legacy that he's leaving here is this, this is his idea. And this is something I push. I've become, I've become uh, obsessed with pushing this more and more is this idea of we need to start talking about suicidal yes. feelings, mental health stuff. I had my own bout with it last year into March of this year. And so that stuff happens. It comes out of the blue. It comes for you. And when it comes for you, if you don't have things in in preparation, you don't have a freedom to speak about it. It could lead to negative negative situations, and so you know his wife now is coming out and trying to kind of maybe change the narrative a little bit. But like, it's hard to try to make sense of exactly, things. Yeah, exactly, you know? exactly. She's you know, and, and that's why talking about yeah. it is important. Yeah, I think, I think it's going to take her a while until she understands mm-hmm. the narrative herself, and yes. that's why she's probably making different. I can't yeah. imagine. I mean, three children and his wife. Yes, and, yeah, exactly. And so, it's so the depression is a you know, yeah. I think you know I've dealt with it. And, mm-hmm. you know, don't know yeah i mean like it's it's hard to get out of that hole and you don't know what he was going through yeah and i think that's why legion is so great because the demon that's inside legion you could easily call that depression yeah he goes through the eight episodes and discovers about himself and it's just so all of that is there and i'm just uh, it's a it's a sad it's a tragic loss but if anything positive can come of it is opening the dialogue up even more yeah that would be great. well said and uh, thank you chris cornell for for your incredible artistry and music Mm -hmm. you're here cheers cheers All right. Audible drinking. (laughs) (laughs) Now listen here. I think we got like three flies in the room. (laughs) So listen here. They're enjoying the show. Listen, guys. I asked you a very important question, which was, where were you when you saw A New Hope? So the next question is, where were you 
when you saw the Discovery trailer and what you were feeling. <laughs> we will get to the breakdown and what we think of it, yes or no, but where were you and what were you feeling? Um, I'm going to go with you, Joseph. <laughs> I'll never forget it. <laughs> <laughs> A couple of days ago, uh, <laughs> I had no pants on. I was at home alone looking at my computer, as I often am. And I had just reached the part of the day where I realized I'm not going to finish this coffee. So I'm just going to switch to whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> right in the drink switchover part of the day, I saw that it had dropped. And I watched it. And I enjoyed it very much. Okay, Claudia. Um, yeah, very similar. No pants. <laughs> <laughs> Discovery. <laughs> um, and sitting there refreshing, refreshing, because early, prior to that, so the upfronts oh, were yeah, happening. Oh, yeah, because you knew that you were going to be the one to write about it for yeah. Good Girl Authority. Mm. Yeah, so yeah. prior to that, the upfronts for CBS were happening. Um, they released a photo um, of Michelle Yeoh and uh, Sonequa Martin-Green. Um, so that had come out, and then it was like, well, at some point there's going to be a trailer. So I was literally sitting there just refresh, refresh, checking Twitter, doing this. Um, I was very excited. I, you know, I, I be, with all of the drama that's been happening with this series, I just wanted to see something. So I was very excited. So that's what mm. I was doing, sitting from my computer, refreshing. Not drinking yet. Oh, okay. <laughs> no. Did it cause you to drink? No, I had another cup of coffee. Oh, okay. Mm. It was quite early. <laughs> was it? In the morning. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> well, I was like, so um, Geek Girl Authority, we communicate through an app called Slack. Well, yeah, oh, Slack. Slack. So, so, yeah. so we're always, you know, talking live throughout the day. Slack and so all- I fucking hate Slack. <laughs> so goddamn much. It really makes you a slave to what you're doing. It, it does. You are That's having notification, I hate it. Yeah. notification, notification. And it gives yeah. people plausible den- to, to accuse you of plausible denial. You, you can't have plausible deniability. I slacked it to you. Yeah. I, I'm like, oh. Okay, I'll slack oh, no, it to no, you. That's another It's like 1 o'clock in the morning. It's like, slack. Get the slack. You know? Yeah. So, um, so I was at the doctor's for my asthma event that I'm having where they told me. <laughs> it was me, a big event. It was it a was big huge. event. Where they told me, sorry, can't do anything for you. You have to suffer through it, which was awesome. And everybody <laughs> is on Slack talking about it. And... Um, Claudia sends a screenshot because I love Vulcans of James Frain as Sarah. Oh, because, and, yeah, because, yeah, because people at the upfronts were put, posting videos that they had, like, yeah. or pictures that they had taken, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. illegally. And, yeah. I, and, and I love James Frain yeah, as well. Awesome. And so everybody's seen it. And then even the post goes up before I've even seen it and everything. So I finally get home. It's like six or seven at night and my husband walks in. So I'm about to watch it. And I was like, oh, wait, I guess I need to ask him if he wants to watch it. That'd be nice. <laughs> you know, so I say, Brian, do you want to watch this, you know, Discovery? So he comes over and we watch it. And I, so we're just at my table and I'm stressed out, yeah. you know, because I have so much work to do and I got to watch this trailer, but I have to see this trailer and everything. And I'm watching it. And then I'm like, wow. And I turn to my husband and no joke, he has tears Oh. Coming down his face. And I was surprised. You know, I was like, you know, oh, this touched him emotionally. I was like, and I looked at him and he looked at me crying and said, I'm just so glad it doesn't look like shit. <laughs> <laughs> that's literally what he said. Yeah. So that's what I was doing. John, what about yeah. you? Uh, I'm, some of you may know who, I'm a bit of a rebellious son of a bitch. So sometimes because everyone's obsessed with something, I will purposely not watch it until mm. I decide I want to watch it. Which was uh-huh. on next, yesterday morning. <laughs> okay. Right. Yeah. So I was like, I let the fervor go for a while because I was like, I'm not writing about it, or I'm not, I'm having to speak about it or do a, a recap. So I was like, I'm just gonna wait a little bit till the fervor dies down and I can just enjoy it. 
And yesterday morning, I just woke up, flipped open the laptop. I had like 30 tweets of people like, have you seen the Discovery thing? All right. So finally, I just sat and watched it. And I enjoyed the hell out of it. And I totally agree with your husband. I didn't get teary-eyed, but I was incredibly happy. They didn't look terrible. Because all the drama with Brian Fuller, all the drama that was going on behind the scenes, I was so worried. The cast, I'm not worried about at all. Right, Stellar. right. Yeah. So I was super excited about this. There's no talk about a woman captain or female. It doesn't fucking matter. Like I just love. We can cuss, right? I don't want to. Oh yeah, because okay. oh, yeah, you yeah, said, yeah, "Gosh yeah. darn it!" I didn't know. If I know that's why I was, she's a nice lady. Though. Well, that's why I was calling out that I said, "Gosh darn it!" I was like, "What the hell are you doing?" Out here? Oh, it's not nice tea and tricorders. <laughs> oh my god, that's a great. There it is. Joseph wins the podcast today. (laughs) Or a great web series. But but it was so much fun. I mean, it was so much fun to discover new aliens. And thank God the Vulcan. I didn't know she was half Vulcan, but more human. It was interesting with the trailer. So there was so much that was enjoyable. And I love Sinequa coming out of uh, Walking Dead. I thought she was one of the best parts of the show the last two years. Yeah. Yeah. My only concern, two concerns. Yes. One of the aliens looks like Gary Oldman from Hannibal. And the other is that right? From Hannibal. Hannibal? What was the what Gary? Was the, oh, oh, oh uh, Dracula. No, no. What's the one where he? No, the second. The, the second. I know, uh, I know the second. Uh, Sounds of the Lambs. The second. Lambs. The, yeah. Hannibal. Oh, the, Hannibal. Yeah, is what I said. Yeah. The, yeah. He looks like Gary Oldman's character with the oh. Hannibal. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. his face is so right, like weird. Right. <laughs> and then the other uh, oh, like thing that is that guy. Michelle Yeoh at times is hard to understand, so yeah, I'm worried that, about that. Yeah. Other than that, I have no issues with it, and I'm super excited to see what happens with it, and I like that it looks beautiful. All right, well, let's um, that that's great, guys. Let's let, let's break it down then. So, okay. oh, sorry. No, 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 no. That's a great segue into <laughs> uh, um, you. You had some thoughts about it, and they were positive. You had a couple mm-hmm. concerns. Were most of your thoughts positive, Joseph? Yeah, I mean, I think it was really like a, a strange emotional roller coaster because you know, just from the start, it's the casting. The casting is amazing yeah. for the absolute quality of the actors. And yeah. for the diversity, which is yes. hugely important uh, to me and I think yes. well, the world. Claudia brought up a great point in her breakdown of the trailer is like the first 10 seconds of the trailer is two women and two women of color. Yep. Yep. And two and, amazing and just actors. Yes. So just like across the yes. board, you're just like, yeah. I can't wait, you, you know? know. And the wonderful thing is, is I think this is what uh, John was saying, is that until I read her breakdown, um, I wasn't thinking about that because it was mm-hmm. so awesome. Yeah. You know, Claudia thinks about that a lot because she is a person of color too. So it's very important yeah. to... What? Oh, you guys don't know that? <laughs> she <So> is. brown. <laughs> but um, it's important to you. These things are, yeah, are, are, yeah, are, 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 are very yeah. important to you. And you're absolutely right. But I love the fact that it wasn't like, look at this, guys. Mm-hmm. Look nope. at... No, it's a scene. It was just a scene. No. Yeah. yeah. two women. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, the first thing that they are talking about is a well-trod Star Trek conversation yes. mm-hmm. of if the second in command, you know, uh, yes. number one is so great, why don't they have their own damn ship? Right. Mm-hmm. So to yeah, have the first time, thing yeah. be the, that like sort of testing yeah. of Trek yes. fans. Yes. Yeah. I think the whole thing had a mix of, oh, I can see where they're pushing toward a new Trek idea. Or if it's an obvious Trek idea that's going to come up, we're going to kind of push at it in the trailer. Yeah. But then I was reacting most positively to a lot of like, oh, we're going to do that again. Mm. Yeah. I had positive, I shouldn't yeah. have mm-hmm. positive emotions to, ah, oh, been there, done that. Great. But I think we've been so far away from the mm-hmm. heart of Trek. Right. I don't With dislike the J.J. Abrams and- movies as much as some other people. I, I really don't like Into Darkness, but I like the other two fine. Mm. But well, they've definitely added bad. other elements. <laughs> 
Into Darkness? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can't start. I can't start it Into Darkness. Just, uh, I mean, I need a whole bottle of whiskey and a four-hour podcast. Oh, wow. to start wow. into wow. have many bottles now. really do not like uh, Into Darkness. It's one of the only wow. things that I'm it's super a, negative on. But anyway, yeah. the point is, I think if you love them, if you despise them, I don't think it's controversial to say they're trying to look at Trek in a different way and experiment yeah. with it. And there was so much in this trailer that was back to basics. Vulcans and humans. Yeah. And uh, can you be a, what is it to be a Vulcan? What is it to be a human? Yeah. Mm. You know, should we strike first or should we not strike first? Is right. that so many things that were just back to basics was exciting. Right. Was that same for you, Claudia? Like your yeah. first. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, you know, again, I was just like, what, what is going on with this, with the drama? And then watching the trailer again, I, I just, Michelle Yeoh, I love in anything she does, you know, that she just brings such a gravitas. And then um, somebody actually wrote an article about her accent, you mm-hmm. know, and somebody, you know, I did a, when I was doing this breakdown, I, I took some time with it because I was reading a bunch of reactions. I was reading a bunch of people's articles and um, this woman who is uh, her, of Asian ethnicity and doesn't speak English well, well, wrote this article about Michelle Yeoh's accent and how they didn't change it. And she was so happy that mm. it, she, they stuck with, yeah. who she was. Yeah. She was like, I don't see people who talk like I do. And so to see somebody who's the captain, you know, in the science fiction series was meant a lot. And yeah. that they didn't try to like Americanize it or anything like that. So yeah, that was a huge thing that um, jumped out at me. It was, it made me really, really happy to see um, James Frain as Sarek. Oh, me too. He look, I mean, like in full costume, he looks, he just looks so good. And he yeah. just seems, not only looks good, but seems to capture the essence of that guy, yeah, you know, like he just—he's just sort of like cold and just yeah. like says it how it is and how he feels and you know or doesn't feel whatever you know whatever is logical and um <laughs> that but that's what took me into it because I was like that's that made me feel old school again you know like there I saw a lot of people complaining about oh it looks like lens flares and all this kind of stuff but his moment yeah. his voiceover just sort of grounded it for me and I was like. Yes, and then Michelle Yeoh saying mm-hmm. Starfleet does not fire first was like, there we go. Yeah. I'm in. Let's do this. I'm so I'm yeah. So I'm so on board. You know, until yeah. it, until I watch it, and if it's horrible, then but I can't imagine that it will well, be. Let's uh, let's talk about um, uh, character v- development for a second because um, I, John, you know, is. Um, Nicole Martin Green, is she half Vulcan or was she yeah, raised yeah. on Vulcan? Know, yeah. Or why does Sarek know her? Mm-hmm. You know, they show her young and she certainly has a Vulcan haircut. Right. But does that mean that they, you know, are just raise, her raising to, yeah. her, uh, an experiment to raise a human as a Vulcan? Or right. is she actually have some Vulcan blood in her? Any thoughts about that? Yeah, it seems like an interesting attempt to be like, we want to go classic, but we want to switch it. We like want to go yeah. 180 on classic that maybe she crash-landed on Vulcan or whatever, or yeah. was dropped off there, and she has been grown up wanting to be Vulcan because pretty much every Star Trek series, uh, you correct me on Enterprise, there's somebody who's trying to be human, right. which I know we're going to talk about Prime Directive, yeah. and uh, having that perspective of a character who wants to be human right. really reinforces that the Star Trek story is, we're open to everything except aliens. You should always do it the human way, yeah. by the yeah. way, just on the down low. <laughs> you should always want to be like us. But besides that, we respect your culture. Uh, so uh, to have uh, to have a flip on that, if it really is that she's not, she's got no blood, but she just grew up yeah. there for some reason yeah. and wants to be like the people she grew up with, like mm-hmm. we all would. Yeah. And right. then to have Sarek coldly, logically say like, 
that's never going to happen. Yeah. 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 Like what baggage that, does that give a human character? That's pretty fascinating. I think yeah. that would be more interesting because Sarek is already involved with a half human, half broken. Right. And yeah. that happens to be his child, you know, right. right. So why do that again? So I, I, I do kind of think that I'm wondering if it's more of a, they were raising, you know, but, but mm-hmm. what I love is in that beginning in the desert where she's, mm. uh, where, where the, where the captain is, is mentioning, I think you need to have your own command. And then it's an overdub where she calls her um, a commander. So, mm-hmm. so so I don't think Green is a commander at that point. That's mm-hmm. my guess. Yeah. But she turns around and says, we have no map and you can't set a course without a star. And to me, that would like mm. scream. I kept watching that over and over mm-hmm. again. And then it made sense with the Vulcan stuff at the end because, I mean, especially to someone with the way I think, that is so true. We have no map and you can't do something without these set of Mm-hmm. Factors, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, and then later on, you see, um, is it how do you, uh, Michael Grumman, what, what commander, what's uh, Green's, oh, no, Green's character's name, oh, um, Berman, Berman, Berman. Mm-hmm. sorry, Berman. Um, so later on, she's saying, No, we got to cut off the head, we got to do yeah. this, mm-hmm. this, and this. So she's obviously gonna be having some internal conflict going from, you know, you need the stars to set a map to, No, we're gonna kill them all, yeah, you know. So I yeah. think, I think they set up a really great character conflict with her right away that I was really excited about. Yeah, a lot of it is so, like you said, Joseph, and I think they're using the template that Abrams did with Force Awakens. We're going to give you enough of an allusion to the stuff of the reasons why you enjoy this franchise, right? right? Even from the beginning, to me, that's City Alpha 5, City Alpha 6, in the desert, seeing the thing coming out of the cloud. By the way, the shit coming out of the the clouds. That's... I think yeah. that's what made my husband cry is yeah. when, when the shit came down through the clouds. Yeah, yeah it made yeah. him cry. It made him me come. That's a nerdgasm. I was like, <laughs> oh, nuts. like that's an awesome visual nerdgasm. Right yeah, there. I was absolutely. Like, no shame in that at oh, all. Yeah. Because nope. it was, I am watching they, all trailers with Brian too. and John. <laughs> so like, <laughs> we have tissues for different reasons on both sides. <laughs> so what, what, what I enjoyed, what I enjoyed though was a real too hanky. <laughs> Joseph, I'm sorry. I'm Four sorry. Hankies. I think uh, John just stole the, you won the podcast from you. Fair enough. There's well, still time. There's still time. Tea and Tricord is going to be all about masturbation. <laughs> <laughs> so, but what I, what I thought, though, and this is what occurred to me, this idea that she is, I don't think she's, I, my belief is that she's not crash land. My belief is that she is only one eighth or one quarter Vulcan. Mm. So you like think she's there's not, some in there? Yes, I think Tiny there's more okay. in, like, more human interaction. So I think there is something in there. But because at the end, she's so emotional, if you're raised on Vulcan, why would you conceive of emotion? Right. Of that to that level. So in my mind, it seems to me that she is, she was human and Vulcan, but just, but only a quarter not enough of a half where it becomes a thing like we've seen with Spock before, but it's enough of an allusion to she's, that struggle. She yeah. Is, yeah. Yeah. She is pretty fiery at that yeah. one point. And yeah. even like the dy- dynamic between her and Michelle Yeoh, I was very like, oh, they're very like Kirk and Picard. Yes. And I'm like, yeah. oh my God, I yeah. love this. Yeah. Did you also have an orgasm, John? <laughs> <laughs> when she is, Burnham is out in her suit and mm. she does say, enable igniter, yeah. which was so fucking cool. Yeah. <laughs> and then she's out there like in an asteroid field or whatever it was, and then that Klingon ship. Yeah. Oh, and people. the icons of the Klingon on the screen. That's yeah. the same. That's the one that Yeah, got well, and that one's interesting. Yeah. It's like yeah. where th- you always run into trouble with graphic design and sci-fi. Mm-hmm. Like, 
it, this is clearly isn't a first encounter because they've developed a graphic design exactly. for the Klingon. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And she says, we have engaged the Klingons, Klingons. so they yeah. know who the Klingons are. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, once again, it's going back to that, uh, the concept of what got us into Star Trek in the first place. Right? They're setting it 10 years before. Not like Enterprise, which was what, like three decades before or something yeah, like that? Right. So this is only 10 years before. So this feeling, Close. once again, of of, uh, of uh, uh, Star Trek, the, the, the I mean, Star Wars, the animated series that's out now. The, the Rebels. Yeah. yeah, Rebels. Rebels is set five years before New Hope. So yeah, it's everything. It's right. everything Rogue One. So it's all just kind of, they're like, they saw the template there and like, like we're going to do it this way. Uh, and I think the other thing with Seneca Martin Green's character is going to be interesting to see how she is, it's going to be relatable for us as human beings because all of us know that there's a better part of ourselves that we want to be. Yeah. But sometimes I we succumb that. to our emotion. Yeah. And yeah. so that's what her struggle is. And that when she's yeah. telling them to fire at the end of the yeah. trailer, I'm like, oh, this, I understand this. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so, yeah. yeah. She's so, like, I'm trying to save you. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Can so I say exactly. one thing about that line about the stars that you brought yeah. up? Yes. Because it oh, made me the, think of, um, yes, Liz. Uh, you mean the, the, we have no map and you can't mm. set a course without a star? Yeah. I was excited about that. I did not ejaculate, but I was excited. <laughs> I, did, I had a, a I had a, a brain ejaculation. So you didn't you didn't get a minor chub. Um, uh, I had a brain chub. Oh, you had a brain chub. Okay. Uh, yeah, because I think another thing that was represented that John just did illustrated what that would look like a, cone, a conehead, basically. Oh, yeah. well, thank you. That's uh, my brain chub is quite impressive. Uh, uh, I think it captured something that is different about Star Trek. Uh, you know, I love Star Wars to death, but Star Wars is about destiny and trusting your gut. And there's an element of that in Star Trek, but I think a thing we've had missing from science fiction and pop culture is not trust your gut, not be human, but like do your fucking homework. Mm -hmm. Like yes. everyone in Starfleet, all of our heroes, even Kirk, who's just like, I don't know, I'll do a barrel roll. He's still, <laughs> he is still intelligent. He's still passed tests. Yes. He's yes. studied. Right. He knows physics. Mm -hmm. You win. <laughs> Aspen Haler is out. He knew choreography. But just getting back, yeah, he knew choreography. But just getting back to that, uh, in, in, sorry to get a little political, but I feel like that was at stake in the 2016 election where it was actually called out that, Oh, Hillary's no fun. She has everything memorized, not going off the cuff like this right. cool guy. He knows what she's doing. But, um, like, but in that this is a whole galaxy, a whole universe for, full of people who do the fucking work. Yep. And knowledge is important and facts are important. Mm -hmm. And that is thrilling to get back into like crunchy sci-fi where nice knowledge matters. It's a fantastic I will point, say, Joseph. Yes, that I think that's a big thing of what got me when I watched it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, with all the stuff that I've seen on Reddit and Twitter and all that kind of, you know, like all this negative stuff. But because of that, and I think because of what we are going through right now, when I watched this trailer, I was like, oh, man, I need this right now. Yeah. <laughs> I need this right, right now. Right. It makes sense. And it sort of makes me. I think, you know, you know like, I think maybe that was part of my husband's tears, too. I mean, he meant it when he said, I'm so glad this doesn't look like shit. Yeah. But when the, that ship came down, I think there was a lot more going on in his head mm -hmm. when yeah. he was watching it. You know, and, and actually, I will say this. The last time I felt that way about a trailer, I was with Claudia Dolph mm. in a tiki bar oh. in Pasadena. Oh. And oh. we were going, was Glendale? Glendale. And we were going to some show. And Terry we, Gilliam. Yeah, we were going to see Terry Gilliam yeah. speak. And we went to this bar on purpose because they were playing the Force Awakens trailer oh, during damn. the football game. And we asked them, it was me, us and Brittany Wallach, and we yeah. asked mm -hmm. them, Brittany Wallach Key now, we yeah. asked them to turn up the volume and we stood there in this tiki bar. Yeah, I was like, turn it up! Yeah. Turn <laughs> you know, and so but that was the last time I felt this way. But yeah. I, I actually, since um, I don't know where, you know, everyone in this That's room great. I know has a great love for Star Trek and has a great mm -hmm. love for Star, Star Wars. My first love, 
Um, well, I guess it was Star Wars because we were talking about the 40th anniversary, but 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 it hits me to a lot of the reasons that Joseph was talking about. Star Trek is the one mm-hmm. that is the closest to my my heart. Yeah. And um, after, you know, basically we've all said this, after all that, what's been going on for the past year with the show. It's appropriate know, time. It's, so, a, it's an appropriate that, timing for this. We got it's, to exhale a little bit. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe it's still going to be shit. Yeah. I don't want to think, but we got to exhale on this. Yeah. Teaser trailer. Yeah. Because it's like, okay. You know, yeah. and here's a crappy thing. Is I know one of the writers on the show. Oh. But I'm not allowed to ask about it. Oh. It's, I, we yeah. don't know each other. We don't see each other a lot. We see each other a couple times, times a year. Like, mm-hmm. I know I'll see her at Comic-Con and everything. But um, we just, and it's one of those things where I just want to get on my knees and beg and beg. But um, she respects me. But why? Know? Why? Um, don't you want to be surprised? Don't you want to enjoy Yes, 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 yes. Okay. You know, I... That's a very good point. Mm-hmm. And I think I would, the one year. And I, I will think about that now. <laughs> yeah. like, you know what? The corner part of me that's Vulcan absolutely agrees with you. Well, <laughs> the other part of me wants to get on my yeah. knees and beg yeah. for this. Yeah. The Christmas after I saw Star Wars, I got a Luke and Leia doll. And that was the only year me and my sister broke into the closet and looked at all our presents. Oh, wow. Yeah. We got oh. pogo sticks. We got a Luke and Leia doll. <laughs> and we looked at everything. And that Christmas morning was the most disappointing. Of course, because right. you, exactly. That's, that's a very good point. Thank you. But let's move on. To, <laughs> before we get to the prime directive, I have a couple more things to ask about Discovery. Um, just because there's controversy. Oh no, let's that. keep going. Mm-hmm. Oh, sure, sure. Um, any thoughts on the Klingons? I'm excited. Yeah. The controversy. You know. Well, what's the controversy? Well, well, what oh, they look like. The I mean, eight like, millionth design, oh, right? And yeah, how it fits it's, into so it the a little more Kelvin universe, but also Claudia. Oh. I know what you want to say. Well, I, I just want to bring this up because I, I, I was reminded about You're Brian right. Fuller talking about this, mm-hmm. and so I did a little more research. You know, he said specifically, and although he's not a part of this anymore, he did sp- say that this was going to be set um, uh, about something that was mentioned, but never really. Dealt with or DS9 or Enterprise that they mentioned it. I think maybe Enterprise. I'm not sure. Um, But something that was mentioned uh, but never really uh, dealt with in depth. Um, So this might be it. And uh, some theories are going around that this is uh, a part of the time, a part of time when um, there was an ancient group of Klingons that uh, started genetically manufacturing themselves to be more enhanced. Gotcha. They're and then the they Uruk-hai, got sick. right? Mm-hmm. Thing on. Like yeah. yeah, and then uh, so they think that this. The, I mean, theories are going around that this may be that. Gotcha. Focused on that time era. But what was there? What was there is that it definitely looks like to me. Yeah. I mean, there's a sarcophagus, so it looks yes. like it was a funeral. Yeah. And then they're all screaming. Mm. Yes. You yeah. know, and so are they ushering someone to Stovacore? So they're still Klingons, man. Mm-hmm. They're yeah. still oh, yeah. hardcore oh, yeah. Klingons. I do like that they look uh, more alien. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. Star Trek has had the curse of the the funny forehead yeah. uh, or right. the bridge of the nose that differentiates it for you budget mean reasons. Sexy and all that. Wharf. Sexy <laughs> Wharf is great. Sexy <laughs> Wharf is great. But you already have the the Wharf covering the uh, original series Klingons by making right. a joke about we don't like to talk about that and yeah. the right. idea yeah. of some, right. there was some disease or whatever. The um, there was a flu. There was a flu. Yeah. 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 Um, but I do like that they look more alien because if they are, if this show is going to explore the clashing of cultures and the prime directive and how do we deal with that, it is nice to have them look yeah. like actually mm. more different than yeah. Our, yeah. our human characters. There, right. There's nothing more scary than something that you can't comprehend or understand that looks different mm-hmm. from you. And that's a great thing for humans to see where Vulcans, yeah, they, I'm sure when they, you know, 
landed after we, mm-hmm. you know, got the warp signature and everything. And came. Oh. It was it was super scary, but they had pointy ears and weird haircuts. Yeah, you know, <laughs> like kind of sexy. Yeah, but then uh, you have these these really well, yeah. Um, <laughs> These hardcore looking aliens, and, and they look, they look like Doing I'm assuming fuck. that's Chris Obi. I think so, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, uh, the, yeah. The, the, main, the main one who's playing uh, Takovma. Okay. I get it, I, I get it. I mean, because out of dark, Into Darkness, you see the Klingons in there as well. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, all right, I get it. You've got to change the design. It's just how it works, I'm going you know. To the restroom so now. It'll be interesting. Oh, is it something I said? I yes, it's it? everything you said, John. <laughs> it's a- yes, I would like another cocktail. And I would like a refill on wine. Should I just- Every, bring everything. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Everything. Anyway, yeah, John, so yeah, ahead. no, no, no. I just I I like the idea that they're trying on a new design. Yeah. So I got no issues with that. I do wish they maybe meld a little more from the old design right. into the new design, so that you're kind of saying we get it, we heard you, we we understand the differences. We're going to make some changes. Well, that's know? actually another question so I, like I have that. is, um, what did you guys think about the balance between? Um, there's some old school stuff in there. There's the yeah. the, the communicators and, and yeah, stuff. Yep. but then there's some definitely new school stuff where where say the view screen's never been like that on the bridge right. before, which mm. a lot of people are saying, hey, so it looks like they're taking stuff from kind of from the Kelvin timeline and yeah. kind of old school. And of course, I I don't want to watch a Star Trek that is full of color like the original series was. I don't right. want. I do want to see something. What is the balance? I want the entire thing shot at Vasquez Rocks. <laughs> Every leaving. single episode. Uh, yeah. But what I, did you think? Was there too much new stuff? Did you like the new look? I like the balance. I, you know, the main thing that I have seen people arguing about, and honestly, it is mostly in the mentions of Robert Meyer Burnett's Facebook. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I think most people listening are probably uh, familiar with Robert yes. Meyer Burnett, who's a big Star Trek guy, made Free Enterprise, is, works at Collider Video. Uh, doing the 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 Star Trek and Heroes discussions, um, but the most upset I've I've heard is you're telling us it's in the prime timeline, but so many elements of the design, including the King- Klingons, look like Kelvin. Yes, so a yes. lot of I think people feel like they're being jerked around. Of yeah. like, you know that old school fans want to see the prime universe, but you want to draw in everybody who's seen the movies. So you're going to tell us it's prime, but then you're going to make it look like it's Kelvin. And I do kind of agree with that. I don't mind the, you got to update from the 1960s original series and you got to do a little bit of blending. I don't care at all about that. Right. But I don't like it if they are trying to make it look like Calvin and set it in the prime universe because it only makes a confusing thing more confusing. That did cross your mind like the 10th or 12th time you were watching (laughs) it. You, yeah, you I mean, like, the Klingon design yeah, did. Yeah. Because it, honestly, if uh, if they didn't look even remotely like the Klingons from uh, Into Darkness, it would have never crossed my mind. It yeah. would have just been like, oh, cool, these are some ancient Klingons, or they redesigned them, or yeah. the Klingons get a lot of flus that change their heads constantly. Fine, whatever. <laughs> but the fact that they do look a little like they're trying to have their timeline cake and eat it, too. He, he wins it back, John. <laughs> he wins That's it back. Fine. That's fine. I, 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 I can see. Yeah, but but, uh, but it's like it's like Rogue One. Rogue One did the mixture of the old school Star Wars stuff and the yes. newer look, you yeah. know. So it's you're, you're gonna do that, and yeah, I think it's a minority of people who have an issue that it's yeah. you know it's not uh, looking like the '60s TV show. Do you know what I'm saying? A lot of people who didn't like. It. <laughs> well, I, I well, I mean, the look is that, is that there were a lot of people who didn't like the look. Really? Didn't oh, like oh yeah, I there didn't know that. even people like that that are like. Oh, right, right. Yeah. Accusing the first scene of looking like the 
Ray in The Force Awakens. Well, oh. I'm, like, I'm, I'm sorry. I don't oh. agree with that. No, no, no. no, no. That didn't occur to me at all. I did. Really? Me neither. It didn't bug me, though. but it is No, no, no. I did obvious. say that because that, okay. no, that first really? picture... The first picture that they released, mm-hmm. I even showed Kai, who my boyfriend yeah. has no, he's not Interest. into this shit. Um, he was like, oh, that's Ray. I was like, nope, oh, it's not Ray. But then can... not because of the scene, but because of what yep. she's wearing. Okay. The costume is exactly But maybe that's Ray's... what you have to wear when you're in the they, desert. I know, guys. they all shop at the same store. It's desert wear across all universes <laughs> and galaxies. I don't care, but I'm just saying, if you it's cropped out universe. just Sinequa, uh, uh, is, is it Sinequa? Sinequa. Sinequa, if you just cropped out Sinequa, what she's wearing in the desert, and just say, "Here is a picture of famous actress Nikwa Green Martin cosplaying Ray on Jakku." People would be like, "Sure." No, it's, it was actually Michelle Yeoh that was wearing that. Okay, outfit. you're right. Michelle Yeoh has the goggles. I bet you're right. You're right. Fair enough. That, fair that's enough. was that was my only thing. Is that okay, it's fair pretty enough. identical. I take I back my sarcastic remark. By now, someone has photoshopped. Michelle they Yeoh have, on top they of have. a speeder. They have. They, 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 there's been plenty of <laughs> yeah, the photo. Yeah. Whatever, guys. Okay. Um. What do you guys think about other characters you saw? So um, we didn't see Jason Isaacs. So here's, um, I'm going to say my theory. Um, I'm wondering if, uh, uh, oh, I want to take John's advice where I don't think about it too hard, though. No, think I didn't say don't think about it. Okay. No, wait, I didn't say don't think about it too hard. I said don't ask the writers spoil- what's going to happen. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, don't yeah. spoil Shake yourself. your um, presents, don't open them. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Jesus. Now, now, he's two, now he's two up. No, God. So it's now... Four two. Four two. I'm not gonna catch. Him. No one. He's too funny. Um. So, um. So is Michelle Yeoh gonna last, and then she goes, or is Michelle Yeoh gonna die, and then Jason Isaacs is a new captain? Well, That's we know what... she's there for 13 episodes because oh, if she you is? look on IMDb, okay, okay good, good. IMDb. I would hate that to Me have too. us all do eight million podcasts and celebrate Michelle Yeoh <laughs> <laughs> dies in the first episode. No, so we didn't see Jason Isaacs. We didn't see. Is it Michael? Rapp? Anthony Rapp. Anthony Rapp. Um, but oh, we did Anthony see raps in this. Yes, oh, a little rent action. All right. Yeah, a little rent action, and he's an openly gay character. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's right nice. off the bat. Yeah, About absolutely. Time. Yeah. Absolutely. And uh, Doug Jones is Lieutenant Sarah, yes. mm-hmm. uh, one of the aliens who senses death. Yeah. I mean, it's, that's too much to say that no. death is happening oh. all How the time. How far can you go with that character if that's your function is to sense yeah. death? All the time? I feel like that's my. Superpower, you sense like, it, I think about death a lot. But then you sense it since you're born. Yeah, uh, that is. It's annoying. I loved that. Why? Because you. Because it's That's, weird and it's mm. new. Okay. And, you know, Star Trek is dealing with lots and lots of different aliens. It's great that we're getting classic Vulcan, but I want some new stuff. Mm. And, yeah, sure, they might have written themselves into a corner in the trailer alone. <laughs> but that makes me just excited to see right. where that goes. They, they must know. Yeah. They're because writing they need- an alien who's designed to sense death on a show where death will happen All probably every episode. Yes. Mm-hmm. You, and you, I mean, it's almost like you, I remember the first time I saw Next Generation Encounter at Farpoint, and they and they uh, released the saucer section, and both my mm-hmm. brother and I went, "Great, there's a family up there. They're going <laughs> to detach the saucer section every episode." And now I view those kind of things as excitement. It's like, yes. how are the writers going to handle this guy who can be like when somebody is like eating something that's gone off? <laughs> and next to him at lunch, he's like, don't, I sense so death do they, in that do taco. they look at him as, I mean, is he going to become some kind of weird kind of oracle where you're, you're, yeah. you're, you're, yeah. you're like in, in Greek tragedy where you always end up fulfilling your fate or can you right. uh, change your fate by what Ooh, he Ooh, there right away. Yeah. That's, and that's, that's my approach to it. When he says sense death, doesn't mean he senses that you're going, that you actually will die. It right. senses that you might die and yeah. so, or something will or might die. So to me, that uh, it's a heightened alert situation. So how you're going to react to it may lead to that death or may save that person. So it yeah. leaves it open, also, which is fun. 
It wasn't a physical thing. He wasn't like, I sense a sickness in you. That means he's sensing events. So that brings it Mm -hmm. to like this spiritual, almost supernatural level. Like, uh, yeah, but but that he's sensing timeline, something in the timeline there, Mm -hmm. which I, that is actually fascinating. I've changed my mind in the last two minutes. (laughs) But it's also cool because he seems, I mean, he seems to be somebody who's just very grounded because he is biologically programmed to do that. Because in my mind, I watched it. I was like, fuck, I don't want to think about death all the time. Like Mm. I do anyway. And it stresses me out. And he's very level-headed about it, which I think is going to be something very cool for the rest of the, you know, to connect the rest of the, right. yeah. the team. Well, I think what he said, too, is because this they're, they've been doing this since birth. So for yeah. them, it's nothing new. For them, it's yeah. not a depression thing to have. Right. For them, it's natural. It's part of, yeah. it's, yeah, it's part yeah, of their makeup. It's part of yeah, the, the genetic yeah. makeup. So who's yeah. the great unifier they're talking about? She is. Great unifiers are few. Okay. She is. Okay, next item. <laughs> Why do they? Okay, she keeps coming up. You're the great unifier. She's going to be a leader. I'm going to save you. That's her. Okay. <laughs> Not Jason Isaacs. It's going to be sitting way up. I like that. I like that. Um, I think it's my turn to use the little girl's room. Um, in the meantime, you guys talk about uniforms. Oh my gosh. Uniforms. Oh, yeah. Okay. I would. I didn't have. I didn't have an issue with the uniforms. And again, I. You People know, have issues with the uniforms. Y- Crazy issues with the uniform. No, don't. Do that. No, it's just, I enjoyed it's, this. It's Reddit. It's the it's internet. The it's all you know. Oh, and Star Trek stuff. fandom has been that way before the internet. Yeah, yeah. True. yeah. And, it, and I thought it was silly because I was like, well, I guess you could say it's like you know J.J. Uh, uh, Abrams version to some extent, but yeah. also Enterprise. Yeah. They also wore blue uniforms. Yeah. You know, yeah. like. I just think it was a little absurd. You know, there's a lot of anger, and I think it's just because you, I guess they have time on a lot of time on their yeah. hands. I'm gonna go take a look at this stuff yeah, after I, we're done with the show because I, I want to see this. Yeah, I, I love the uniform. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, I like the zippers. <laughs> Makes it easy. Yeah, it's nice and, and practical. But it did yeah. look like it have. Uh, it could be wrong, but it had like you know some like nice uh, angles and edges at the <laughs> side. You know, like it it uh, it, it uh, captured the spirit of the onesie. <laughs> yes. Which is clearly a part of Star Trek yes. uh, fashion design, but, but it was not was at all like, dorky. Somebody listened to the old cast of TNG, and they're like, "Well, that was uncomfortable for them. So how do we make it functional for our new cast? So yeah. they don't complain all the time. We don't want our new cast finding new weird ways to sit or their signature move being tugging on their uniform. <laughs> so let's just give them something yeah. practical. I think it looks really nice. It's got nice. I don't angles. know. I, I mean, I yeah. don't want to overthink anything either because it seems a lot of people are doing that anyways. No, well, but this, I'm, yeah. I'm. I'm happy with it. I think it looks fine. Yeah. I was saying it looks like Enterprise. You know, like it looks like I think they're trying to I'm back, guys. Um I think <laughs> you guys Audrey's back. She finished. And if you guys cover this, let me know. Definitely yeah. with the blue. Yeah. Like I, it looks like they're trying to bridge the gap between um Enterprise and Enterprise the original and, series. Yeah. They just have like um what I did see, and if you said this, please stop me. Um gold looks like command. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um silver looks like science, the mm-hmm. silver runner. Yeah. And then bronze looks like engineering. Oh, yeah. That's you I, did I a deeper analysis than I did. I just thought they looked cool. I like yeah. just like fashion wise, they looked uh, functional. Well, I, have, and I cool. had a podcast mm-hmm. to run, so I had to do a little yeah. more. Uh, <laughs> just as someone who has worked in a steakhouse, that's also how you grade American Wagyu. Boom. Really? What? It's also how you win Bronze, Olympic silver medals. and gold. Can I mention oh, well, one okay. other? Uh, <laughs> can I mention Not one other cows. background character? <laughs> yes. Besides Death Guy? I like Death Guy a lot, but. There's one character who looks straight up Lobot. There's mm-hmm. a bald guy yeah. who's got some computer crap on his head. Yep. It does look like Lobot. But, I'm so excited. Would, but wouldn't that be awesome if he was just sort of like one of the, you know, like extras in it? He just looks badass. Yeah. don't know the story. <laughs> he just looks like strange background. I'd be <laughs> thrilled with background Lobot. Yeah. I love it. I have a friend um, who will eventually be on the show, Will Mayer. Um, he's a good friend of Mike yeah, McCaffrey. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, um, 
he immediately, when they started filming the first uh, Kelvin Universe Star Trek movie, he like, um, and he tried to get me to go down with him, but I didn't just because of my own issues, shyness and stuff like that. I just moved here and um, to sign up as an extra and everything, you know? And I realized, I mean, because come on, guys, I make a badass Vulcan. We all know that. I'm super mm. tall and angular. Anyway. Klingon. <laughs> no, I just, yeah, no, Klingons I can embody tall. a Vulcan with the sure. way I think. I'm Klingon. I can embody a Vulcan. In fact, we'll get to that question of what alien we think we should be. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, so he signed up as an extra and then he was put in a lot of scenes and, and, and it's great to always see his freeze frames. Mm. It's like, I think when Star- something was happening at Starfleet Academy and everybody's running, and well, um, he, Leslie he, was back there, causing trouble. No, maybe it was when they friends. when they first realized they had to ship off. Mm-hmm. Okay, and, and it was just him running, and it was the best freeze frame. That was a big non sequitur, but it just makes <laughs> <laughs> makes me happy. So um, we are going to move on to um, the prime directive for a little bit, just because nice. uh, Claudia's always wanted to talk about the prime directive. I think well, eventually we we'll do an entire prime directive show. But um, I thought this was um, really interesting. And then this lady here did um, a bunch of research on the Prime Directive, which is basically the feeling is don't interfere in cultures that aren't as uh, advanced, technologically advanced. You let them advance uh, and progress at at their own pace. Don't interfere. And to me, the Prime Directive sounds great on paper. And it really... The thing, what I love seeing the captains talk about throughout Star Trek is it's on paper. It's a great idea. You do have to, is it okay to interpret it differently for different situations? Well, I think Captain Kirk, like, you know, well, like he broke it all the yeah. fucking like, time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Series. You don't have a series about him breaking the prime directive. Exactly. Right. That was his thing. Well, like, I think I'm going to break the yeah. prime directive. That's right. Tattoo. <laughs> That's why I love that. The, <laughs> the contrast. The prime with, suggestion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I love the contrast with, with Picard, who wanted to take it so yeah. seriously all the time. <sighs> and then yeah. also we took, were— He took everything so seriously all the time. But then— uh, you, <laughs> oh, I love, I love Picard. I can't—of course you do. Of course you do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he's very OCD. <laughs> I love it. Uh. Um, and then you have—so Kirk broke it all the time. Picard followed it too closely. And then Janeway was living in the place where she had to break it for the yeah. entire yeah, true. Voyager. true. In Voy- Voyager series, what do you guys any any thoughts about interpretation of it or anything? Do you feel like you want to send Trump um, a copy? Of it? <laughs> I don't think he'd understand Ever? it. Sorry. No, he really would not. He would, Maybe if he yeah. showed him pictures of Star Trek and he'd be like, oh my god. You'd have to include he... his name so he keeps reading, right? Yeah. You'd have to find Trump call directive. The, the Trumper Prize. This is the greatest. This is the greatest. Those are some of the letters in my name. I'm going to watch Star Trek Chumper Prize. (laughs) (laughs) It's the greatest prime directive ever. It's the greatest greatest thing you'll ever know. I made it up. I made it up. I came up up with prime directive. It does these things. I coined that phrase. Prime to pump. Don't mess with other people. Prime directive. Prime directive. Prime the directive. 
Right. <laughs> you know what great is a great meme of scratch paper, like getting to priming the pump. It's like prime, 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 prime the director, prime the prime, prime suspect, prime the honor. Prime what the is honor. a prime something? Before we know it, it's called the Trump directive. Yeah, that's right. Trump It'll be done. Which is just destroying civilizations. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, are there any um, like I this part of the podcast? I honestly didn't have a lot of time to prepare for because I, I wanted to come in with like my favorite prime directive episodes. Mm. And, mm. and um, yeah, I don't think I think that's a, a reaction mm. that none of us had time to do that. Yeah. But the only one that jumped out to me, or a couple insurrection. I think the whole basis is um, yes, data getting yeah. and everything. But also that episode. Oh my god, I can't believe I'm David Ogden Steers, mm-hmm. um, Winchester from Mash. Remember yeah. in, yeah. in Next Gen, he's all the when you get to a certain age that you you have to be killed, right? Yeah, yeah. And I thought that that one was actually a pretty good one because there are some silly ones. Mm-hmm. Too, but that like mental battle of uh, do we take this man and save him from uh, being killed, being put right. down, you know? And the end is him saying no. That's the the character himself saying no. I'm going to go back to that because that's what my culture is. Well, and that's what's fascinating about the series, right? When you look at the break breakdown of the series, the prime directive was probably very influenced about our policies in Vietnam, our policies yes. at the time, yeah. you know, those kinds of things. Right. Right, but ironically, we think as Americans, we can walk into these countries and fix their issues by trying to make them think like us. But they don't have the history that we do. Right, right. One of the greatest exactly. things, one of the greatest things I ever heard is someone saying, "You can't rehab someone to a place they never were." You know what I'm right. saying? And yeah. so it's like they don't understand the concept of being right. normal. This version of normal because it's not a version of normal they've ever experienced right. or had since birth. And so to me, that's what's always dangerous. When we see it in Iraq now, it's they're all yeah. falling apart all over yeah. again. They don't live their life the way we do. They don't have that Puritan, Catholic, Christian, like just this whole thing of how we were created. That's what makes us unique. And the Prime Directive tries to do that, but Kirk, just like the American, uh, just America in this country, the history, every time they go into any planet, they're always fucking with the system. They're always deciding what morally should be good or bad. And so yeah, most of the time it works out well because we're supposed to think they're heroes, but they are messing with shit that they shouldn't yeah. be messing with. Even in Into Darkness, you see them at the beginning yeah. running from the, and they have yeah. the, sh- and the ship comes out. They're trying to hide it, the Prime right. Directive, and it's right. kind of cute that they don't. Yeah, to me, the weird thing is the Prime Directive, like Claudia sent over a primer on the Prime Directive, yeah. which was which was really <laughs> which nice. Was awesome. Yeah. And I feel like, and this is how I understood it as a kid, which made sense to me as a civilization that has no idea that interstellar travel is possible, that doesn't know about spaceships and phasers, like, of course, don't just, like, beam in and go, like, hey, here, here's phasers, here's booze. Yeah. Like, here's – because that's going to mess up what they would naturally grow right. to be. That makes sense. But I feel like most of our – and that gets explored into darkness with, like, that's clearly a, a, yeah. a population that doesn't have any technology. They're going to die from the volcano, right? right? right, right. And they intervene, which is against yes, the prime inter- directive again, they, against to it, yeah. stop them. And so that's that's, like, one thing. But I feel like, in general, the – don't mess with a culture that has no idea about our technology. Mm. That's one thing. I tech, but I think we mostly discussed it in terms of uh, applying, like John was talking about, our cultural values to other cultures. Mm. But even that has a value because if there is a society that is like, we are well aware of space travel. We did it for a while and we ran out of money because there's nothing valuable on our planet. Do they suddenly become less than you because yeah, they do yeah. not have your technology? So yeah. if they're going to die, you just let them die basically because yeah. they're poor compared to you? So you accept uh, that genocide is okay because, yeah. Yeah, I think there are a lot of meaty issues. Mm-hmm. Like they I keep using the prime genocide. directive to get into like I think, that. Yeah, I think absolutely. in situations like to me, too, that becomes genocide in, in those situations where they're looking at a planet. 
Yeah. And and they're not going to intervene. But it's your you morality know? telling you exactly. that if well, you that don't intervene, yeah. you're you're causing the death of these people. And that, I think, like, human, next— yeah. human, right, moral exactly. human moral compass. Yeah. And yeah. Next Generation got into some of those points where it's just like, it's not about a technology level. It was about different cultural values, about mm -hmm. uh, gender or money or death. And Next right. Generation did a lot of great things like that where in some of those episodes, they do just force human mm -hmm. morality on them. But also, like, the Federation stands for some things. And that's where yeah. I think it gets into uh, modern politics mm -hmm. and Star Wars yeah. doctrine, yeah. like Rogue yeah. One doctrine of you do make a choice eventually for yourself of these are my core set of beliefs. Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to put them on other people, but if somebody comes for them, I must defend them. Yep. It, you know, the line must be drawn here, yeah. as Picard says. And I think that there's interesting storytelling to be had with the prime directive of, we will try to follow it, but we do have certain values. Because mm -hmm. if they land on a planet and their culture is, when we meet visitors, we kill one out of every six. <laughs> right. And that's their, you know, yeah. they have no technology, but, yeah. you know, they kill blonde people. Brunettes right. live, but in their culture, blondes must die. Yeah. Right. Do you just go... That's the prime directive. <laughs> Freeze frame Sorry, sitcom ending. Guys. Or do you just say, Hitler. our value, yeah, our value <laughs> yeah. is no. Yeah. And so right. the line must be drawn here and we will not stand for it. Is that putting your morality on someone else or is that defending your morality? Mm -hmm. That is a very good question. Worthy of the Senate floor. <laughs> 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 no, that is good. It's like uh, that yeah. episode with Wesley when he goes into that, you know, do not cross the grass, step on the grass. Yes. Yeah. You know, and yeah. they've got to save them because they're saying, well, we don't understand. Yeah. You're, you're, that's kind of like, like a, an inverse uh, prime directive there. Yeah. You're dealing with it from the other end. Yeah. Yeah. I was, uh, you know, particularly interested in your perspective about this just because mm. I feel like you were been closer to it than, you know, because I feel. Having you, served, you mean? Yeah. Oh, having served. yeah. Okay. Because I mean, yeah. I can sit here and go, "Well, this is my opinion about it." And I have a lot of right. opinions about how things should be dealt with. Right. But having never been in office for anything or served and yeah. been close to it, it's it's a little more. You know, well, that's I mean? the struggle you have, isn't it? It's because you're because you have to follow orders. You have to do these things that they tell you to do, right. and we see how people can abuse that. And right. who we, we uh, my my fellow servicemen have. We see those pictures from uh, from those prisons, from those things that they do to these people when they're let. So it's that kind of thing. Is and one of the things that I discovered in in getting prepared for this podcast is idea of like, what if we are part of the prime direct? What if we're one of the plants that's not as technology advanced oh. as aliens? Yeah, so yeah. aliens are not interfering with us yeah. because we because we always, of course, arrogantly think if we fly <laughs> out, it's us, right? Right? right we right. have that uh, idea, and, and Americans or the Earth itself, we arrogantly think we are more advanced than everything around us. But what if yeah. aliens only sporadically show up to take certain people only because they can't really wholesale mess with right. us because it is them following the prime directive? And wouldn't it be incredibly arrogant to think we're the only ones that could ever conceive of something called the prime directive. It could go all the way up into yeah. super species. And why don't we as human beings apply the prime directive to animal lives? When they kick out their sick and leave them abandoned to die, why aren't we forcing animals to take these sick back into their packs and take care of them and force them? eat them. Right, well, that, well, then there we go. So those yeah. things, those are the things you got. So mm. you can put the prime directive on human beings. Can you do it? If we're doing it out in space to other races, why aren't we doing it in our own animal species right here on our planets? So to me, there's so much about the prime director that's fascinating to explore. There's yeah. so many levels and complexities to yes. it. And where's your, where's your, where is your, do you have a shifting morality or do you have a shifting yeah. application? And what's so great about the series is they, you get so caught up in them fixing and saving that you forget 
the prime directive until those moments where they can interfere, which is Kirk right. being held back from stopping Joan Collins getting hit by the car. Yeah. Right. Those are those moments where you're like, oh, shit, right. that's right. You're not supposed to interfere, right. you know? And so it's... it's yeah, ba- which is, said, that, was yeah. A, that was a very good episode because, I mean, yeah. that, that anguish you mm-hmm. saw Kirk go through because he did actually, that was one of the few times where he actually does step back and, yeah. and, and I'm not going to interfere in, in this one. And, and that was anguish. <laughs> the big was, Kirk face. Big anguish. Nice Kirk face. Nice Kirk face. Well, I mean, I, I, you know, in in the world of Star Trek, I'm sure they they had gotten to the Prime Directive through the Vulcans as well, because the Vulcans would interfere until we, you know, until um, Zephyr Cochran, you know, yeah, got the warp signature and everything. Like, okay, yeah, you guys are ready to so, be friends. So, yeah. you know, yeah. they were watching us for 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 hundreds of years, which was proved in Enterprise. In the episode where, you know, they find themselves in World War II and there's other, you know, T'Pol's down there and stuff like that. Wow, that's awesome. Jesus Christ. We'll see that in the new Transformers movie. New Transformers. (laughs) And the Nazis and everything. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I hope that in this new series that they tackle it directly because I think sometimes we as fans make jokes about it because there are episodes where they clearly seem to have thrown it out of the window and there are episodes where it's crucial. And it would be great to just have it be like, always on the table and right. kind of up for debate. I think so. And I think, you know, setting this 10 years before, um, uh, 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 you know, it says 10 years before Kirk, Spock, and the Enterprise, there was Discovery. Um, it still is a little more Wild West. A lot of the, the, the rules haven't been cemented. And, and your reaction to Bakari, John, I thought was really, yeah, yeah. really, really great because they had been going for quite some time. So, I mean, man, those rules are being followed. But back uh, for when Discovery... I mean, I think they're still coming to grips with a lot of the rules they're yeah. trying to make. And they did that, in, that they are making. And they did that in Enterprise, Enterprise yeah. all all the time. So I think that's going to be interesting. When do we break them? When do we not break them? Um, your emotions get involved. And then we're going to go into the whole thing with uh, Berman, like um, uh, how much Vulcan she is when we find out whatever that secret is okay. and how that yeah. affects her decisions. I think... I think there is a lot of promise as far as character development and story development just from that tiny teaser that we saw. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And and that's the in some ways, I mean, it's not the prime directive, there's still that question of is it just about melding cultures or is it about only cultures that are not as yeah. advanced as you are? But still Star Trek has the conversation of a meeting of cultures, and that's the classic confrontation between the Federation and the Klingons, is the Federation in theory believes in peace. They have weapons. But just in case weapons, yeah. and the Klingons are a culture of war and yeah. aggression. Yeah. yeah. So how does a pacifist group yeah. meet with a group that believes in aggression and get anywhere? Exactly. And it goes back to what John says about, you know, the Klingons, they're born and raised with that culture. What makes that wrong? If, yeah. if, if yeah. that's what they're born I mean, yeah. as humans, we're going to look at it. Is it because it's wrong? You know? Or but- it's amazing. <laughs> Claudia. <laughs> and that's Claudia's fascination with the dark side. I just want to meet a race in that Star is Wars. totally mired and raised in <laughs> passive aggression. Yes. And they just have to put up with all of the pissy comments of this species. <laughs> I mean, so millennials. You mean millennials? <laughs> no, I love it, it. it is it is fast. It's fun too, because I'm obviously they base it on the United Nations stuff too, the Charter of yes. Sovereignty, not yeah. violating sovereignty. Right. So uh, I just I love that they this is what you don't see in Star Wars. And I think that's what always yes. separates Star Trek. Yes. So, so I always say this, Star Trek has my heart, Star Wars has my soul. That's the way I look at it, mm. right? Because for me, I love Star Trek on on with words I can't come up with half the time because it affects me in so many ways. I cry through movies, I cry through TV shows sometimes. 
I don't really cry much through Star Wars, you know? And so there are certain yeah. moments, but it isn't really like it is with Star Trek. And it's because they deal with the actual, they yeah. deal with a lot of the human stuff and the, yes. and the political stuff, right? There's more they politics, right? Yeah. And so it'll be yeah. interesting to see 2017 interpretation yes. of the Prime Directive as they go through. So what you're saying, I think, is encouraging Claudia to see how they're going to apply it in this series, this mm. version of the series yeah. versus Enterprise. Like you were saying, it's very, it's a great point. They're not where they are with where Picard is. Yeah. They're not where they are where Kirk is. They're, yeah. they're still kind of, they're a little more solid than Enterprise, but there's obviously a room to, to shake sure. or, or, yeah. or be a little more unsettled. And I can't wait to see how that plays itself. And I want to see Romulans. And I oh, want to see yeah. other, like, Romulans yeah, are the Romulans ones. Too. Romulans are the ones, man. Yeah. Those are the ones. I'd also make a really good Romulan. Yeah, I, yeah. You would make an excellent <laughs> well, Romulan. Romulan. Yeah. Would make both. A Romulan you. pretending to be a Vulcan. Oh, Deadly shit. Audrey. Yeah. <laughs> Deadly Audrey. Okay, so guys, I have a question for each of you. A silly question um, to end our Star Trek discussion with. Um, based on... The Star Trek Discovery trailer. <laughs> if you could make up the most ridiculous fan theory from that trailer, what would it be? Um, I'll go first since I, ans- I asked the question and I just thought of it two seconds ago because I was looking at my notes and I saw Michelle Yo's name and she's Captain Philippa Georgiou or Georgiou. And so here's my crazy fan theory is that she is an ancestor of Jean-Luc Picard because they both have French names. Based on that, it's ridiculous. And that's the point of the fan theory is it has to be ridiculous. Maybe we'll find out that her family has some vineyards in France or something like that. (laughs) But she is one of Picard's relatives, ancestors. Uh Anybody else have a theory? Especially with ships. Like seafaring, yeah. yeah. If you go into yeah. if you go into her uh, um, her her quarters her or something, yeah. yeah, yeah. There's uh, like a ship in a bottle or something like that. <laughs> Does it have to be a theory of? Uh, it could like be anything you want. Okay, so my theory is that uh, Michelle Yeoh and Michael Martin Green are in a relationship. They're breaking up, and so that she's like, I gotta move you on. <laughs> uh, and she's and Sinequa Martin Green's like that's fine because she's actually been in in love with Lieutenant Saru, who's Doug Jones' character, and that he guy. was like, "Death is coming," and I think he's like, "Death is coming" because like Michelle Yeoh's coming for me at some point, and that's gonna be the complex. But what if when he's talking about death, he's really talking about orgasms? Well, he's about, like, so every time he's about like, to orgasm, he says, I her. sense death coming. <laughs> I sense the little death. I sense La the petite little... mort. <laughs> he's just a sexual being. Like, I, just... I gathered that from the trailer. Le petit mort. <laughs> I sense death. I'm just a very sexual being. <laughs> John or Joseph, do you guys have uh, a ridiculous fan theory yes. for Star Trek Discovery? <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> I think that this is in the Prime Universe. Yes. Which has been stated. That's yeah, not the ridiculous yeah. theory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think we're going to tie together the Prime and the Calvin Kirk by, I think we're going to get a cameo from Kirk. Wow. At some point. Chris Pine or Shatner? Uh, <laughs> Chris Pine. Okay, okay. Uh, well, I actually, a whole different actor. Do you think that we're going to see a Kelvin ship? Like 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 a ship Ooh. called the Kelvin? And Maybe. The Fra- and the Franklin? Maybe. I, but he Possibly. I think so, to, yeah. to involve them, right? Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm But, I mean, it's 10, it's 10, mm, mm. here's where I'm going for I think at some point we are going to discover the moment where 
Kirk is exposed to the Beastie Boys. Uh. <laughs> to tie it all together. That. I would love it. I don't know if it's fallen through a time portal. I, I don't know if it's it. time travel. And some super alien species was watching that and saying, we can't intervene. Yeah. We can't stop We can't that. intervene. Really, can't. Our hands are tied. John, what about you? I don't, I don't have a crazy one. Mine are more like, I hope Sinequa Martin-Green is an early uh, ancestor of, uh, I forget the the Black Vulcan's name in... Tuvok. Tuvok, yeah. Tuvok. Yeah, I think Ooh. she could be. Oh, wow. I like right? that, John. That's, that's just nice. This whole progression of it all, you know, part of that yeah. family. So that's what I was... Or or uh, Michelle Yao is somehow related to Sulu, the older, like, somehow older cousin or whatever. Like, what there's the something Sulu's to play with. What if the Sulu's had together? Yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> but but, but, but my point is that people are like, oh, why did... Like, with Star Wars, they're like, why does it always have to oh be my. the Skywalker saga? <laughs> But I think with Star Trek, we can do that. You know, yeah. we, you know, people are like, oh, yes. why is it always the Skywalkers? But I think with Star Trek, there's enough space to play with that. And I think uh, Sarek is going to be a villain for a majority of this. Ooh. Ooh I really that's do. That's a good, solid theory. I, I think can so. I just mention E! Online. I'm going to fucking throw them under the bus. I thought, oh. it, was e, I thought it was EW. It was e, uh, No, it, uh, it, uh, that was my mistake. It was E! Online. They oh. are not what did they do? websites. What did they do? They, they, uh, they talked about, they did an article about the trailer. But then they, they were By like... By someone who's not a Star Trek fan. Not, not a Star Trek yeah. fan. They go, James Train looks really cool as a Spock lookalike, Sarek. And I went, lookalike? Lookalike? Do you what not know? Fuck? His fucking father? <laughs> I guess technically, yes, we are all lookalikes of our parents. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> Speaking of Slack, we got an angry message from Claudia on Slack today yeah. about... About that, there's too much of that. There's so, there's so no, much right now. There's so much though. crappy entertainment writing about yeah. Twin Peaks yep. because oh you know God. I'm a huge Twin Peaks fan. I can't so wait for it. Claudia. And there was an article. I think this was TV Guide. It was like we're gonna go back to that town where they're always eating donuts and sandwiches. Like there's what one fucking the scene fuck? in Twin Peaks where someone is excited about a sandwich. <laughs> one scene where someone is excited <laughs> about sandwiches. That? A TV E-online? guide. But that's um, what happens when you hire young writers. God. They yeah, are there. They just see whatever they can. And you can and even Wikipedia a something. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Basic. Yeah. But I think it, actually you're right. You're hiring writers that don't know the genre. They're probably really young. Yeah. And you've got ten minutes to write this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, so right. it's, it's, it's a combination. Oh, no, I'm that's not excusing why, it. Okay. I'm not right, excusing right. any fucking way. Shape very, it's it's assholeish of them to hire young writers to save money. But yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Well, well yeah. I'm just saying that's why you need to go to geekgirlauthority.com for all your <laughs> your nerd news. Follow and, us on Slack. Um, You'll you see can, our angry, angry. And you can us. also find us at geekgirlauth. Oh, at geekgirlauth on Twitter and on Instagram. And you can find me at Audrey Kearns across the board on Twitter, Instagram, uh, booze and phasers at booze and phasers. Please check us out on iTunes. Leave a rating. And a review yes. <laughs> and help us uh, climb those charts. Let's find out where everybody is on social media. Joseph. Uh, you can find me on all the social media as at Joseph Scrimshaw. You can go to my website, josephscrimshaw.com, for all my various uh, live shows and other comedy adventures. So I have the Obsessed podcast. Uh, that's on Feral Audio. Then I have the Force Center podcast feed. That's on Podomatic, but you can find it everywhere. And then I should also mention Anchor. It's a newer thing mm. that I'm doing. It is a weird mashup of like uh, podcasts, radios, and like Instagram stories, where it's these short bits of audio entertainment. And I have a station called Head Cannon, and I talk just about pop culture in general. I did a review of the Star Trek Discovery trailer, and then I ask uh, the listeners weird questions based on whatever pop culture thing I'm talking about. And you can find that on anchor.fm on desktop, or you can download it uh, as an app at just Anchor. Mm. Excellent. John. 
Yeah, you guys can always find me at the Roca says R O C H A. That's my homage to the Rock on Twitter and on Instagram. And uh, you, you see the Cinephiles, Cinephiles Files on iTunes and on Stitcher and on YouTube. Uh, and uh, the Outlaw Nation podcast that is on uh, Schmoes No Plus uh, podcast network uh, every Friday at 10 a.m. Collider Movie Talk. Uh, and if you want to watch my interview with The Rock, that's up now on the Schmoes No uh, YouTube channel. So amazing. It was so much fun. <laughs> it's like the grimace guy. <laughs> and there's an extra two minutes that we're not releasing yet that we'll release as we get closer to the Schmodown. And if you want to watch any of my Schmodown matches, you can go and, and see that as well. Uh, but there's a couple announcements coming up soon. There's possible return of the top 10 show, Ooh. and which is being pitched now. And then I'm going to start a YouTube channel, which I really resisted Ooh. for. Do it. Like, you, I got, like I said in, at some point in this podcast, I really hate doing what everybody else does. But I feel like it's probably time. And Wendy Lee over at Collider, like, she's like, here's how you can do it for 150 bucks. And then she sent me all this stuff and I, on Amazon. I'm like, all right, I'll give it a shot. Nice. Maybe nobody will watch, but I'll give it a shot. You know, the three no. of us will watch. Yeah, yeah. all, all <laughs> together. Thank you, you so much. Three of us. <laughs> we will judge it. We'll please do. Watch it. Please we'll do. Oh, it's not going to be Jeremy Johns. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> 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 that quirky. Uh, Claudia, where can we uh, find you? At Claudia Dolph across the board, and like Audrey said, please uh, uh, subscribe to Booze and Phasers. Follow us on Twitter if you have any comments. Uh, suggestions, drink suge- suggestions as far as like devotion vodka cocktails, um, please tweet at us at Geek Authority or at um, Geek Girl Off and uh, Geek Girl, or Booze and Phasers. Booze and Phasers. Okay, and so we usually close out the show and I don't know if you guys brought one with a quote. Did you guys bring a quote? If you didn't, that's fine. Go around the room. I'll okay. Yeah. All right, I'll, I'll start out. Um, I'm going to... Um, Say a quote that uh, we mentioned the most in this show is you can't set us. And I messed it up. (laughs) (laughs) I was so ready for it because it's (laughs) so my life. You can't set a course without a star. Joseph? Uh, You know, because we were talking about it and because it is close to my heart, I will uh, will use Picard's great line. The line must be drawn here. Ah, I love it. (laughs) Um, John, Claudia always goes last. Okay. You have to learn how things work on a starship. And I think that's my it's oh, one of my shit. favorite lines and quotes from any of the Star Trek. And once again, it speaks to the idea of it takes intelligence to survive that's in this just, universe, yeah. Yeah. not just the force. That's yeah. fantastic. That's fantastic. Uh, Zoe, I just called you my stepdaughter. <laughs> All right. <laughs> three glasses. Okay. <laughs> She doesn't like me, so yeah. <laughs> no, I like you. No, no, That's Zoe not... loves me too. I take that back, Zoe. But she's not going to be listening to this. There you go. Anyway, Zoe. working through some things. Uh, Jonathan Frakes, um, if you're listening, uh, I got some ideas for the new Star Trek, you know, that's coming up. I know it's like, you know, before you or whatever, but if you tweet at me, then we can talk about like my ideas uh, about, about us together in the Star Trek universe. Thanks, Joseph. <laughs> Thanks, John. Thank you. Happy to be here. <laughs> <laughs>